number two of This Dirt Life. Before I start, I'm pretty stoked to announce you can now subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Tuned In. So please subscribe, and if you subscribe on iTunes, feel free to leave a five-star review and any comments you may have. Uh, That aside, this week I caught up with Miles Edwards all the way in Scotland, so you have two Scots to listen to this week. (laughs) Miles is an international middle distance runner and is also the founder of the Gathimba Edwards, co-founder I should say, of the Gathimba Edwards Foundation, a charity that helps children and families in Kenya. He's a pretty incredible person, always upbeat, happy and positive. And all in all, just a great lad. This one's a wee bit longer, but hopefully you enjoy it. I'm super excited, so please welcome to The Start Life, Miles Edwards. Hello. So, Miles, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I'm good. Do you want to introduce yourself briefly? Yeah, sure. My name's Miles Edwards, and I'm a middle-distance athlete and also the founder of a charity helping kids in Kenya called the Gathimba Edwards Foundation. Cool. So, first of all, I want to talk to you about your running. Um, obviously, you're you're an international athlete, right? Yeah. And um, and very very fast. I think we were. <laughs> I think when we were home in Scotland one time, and and I think Ben had to. He like double tick when you said like what you ran like a mile in. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 hold on, what? A whole mile. Yeah, it was funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, so how did you, um, obviously like I know you and I know, uh, your dad is also a very, he's a very famous runner, I would say in Scotland and probably throughout the world, um, and is incredible and is still running it at what age? How old is 74 he? years now. 74 yeah. years old. And he, like, what was the challenge he did for his birthday last year? So last year was, he's done a couple of challenges. He, when he was 70 years old, he did 70 at 70, which was running 70 minutes on his 70th birthday. Okay. And then last year was 100 times 100. So it was 100 meters times 100. And he oh did gosh. both of those as fundraisers for, for charities in Aberdeen. So it was... Oh my gosh. It was brilliant, yeah. He's uh, it, it, he's obviously a bit crazy to, <laughs> to still be doing those things at that age, but... He's um, it's inspiring to see, you know, like when he when he was doing the one hundred by a hundred and, mm-hmm. and seeing the effort, particularly in the last two, you know, he was he was yeah. shouting and swearing to himself <laughs> as he's running up and down. And yeah. I'm thinking, Dad, there's kids here. You need to <laughs> calm down a bit. Um, I mean, no, it's brilliant. You know, it's inspiring for for me and and you know his friends and other athletes around yeah. that. Um, you see him pushing himself still as hard as that at that yeah. age and and yeah. having such a determined attitude yeah and everything he's been through as well like I mean he yeah he was uh he fought so it was cancer for yeah he yeah it was 2006 he was um diagnosed with myeloma which is bone marrow cancer and so it's over 10 years survival Gosh. now which is is amazing and That's it's a, he's lucky that it's um it's a treatable one of the more treatable cancers yeah and he doesn't he doesn't let it affect him too much he's there's there has been side effects with the the drugs and the damage of, mm-hmm. of nerves in his feet and oh, that gosh. frustrates him um, oh, I can imagine because he's not able to to move about and to, to run as as he did before um, right yeah but you know in the grand scheme of things he, he he realizes that it's a it's a relatively small side effect compared to 
you know what what could have been and he's, right. he's still still alive and kicking and <laughs> absolutely pushing himself in lots of different ways yeah so he's presumably the reason that you got into running as well yeah definitely um i think on the day i don't know if i've told you this story before but when on when just after i was born and we were leaving hospital for the first time to go home um my mum and dad took me past a local cross-country race the hydrosun cross-country before going home for the first time and so I think I was always <laughs> destined to be uh, involved in, in athletics in yeah. some way. But despite that that story, you know, I never felt pressured into into you know being a part of the sport. And yeah. my dad was always just really encouraging to me along to Aberdeen Athletic Club when I was a kid, and I just loved it. I think I, I loved seeing my dad race, and it was just always something that I wanted to do and to try and do him proud as well. He was he was proud of me anyway, but it was for me it was it was really important and still when I run now I'm I'm very inspired to to run as well as I can and and if that can you know make my dad happy and and inspire other kids to to get into running then that's probably what means most to me and and what keeps me running as well that's brilliant I mean because it's just that's exactly it it's like what we do like you know trying to you know, once you have a passion and really just following that passion and, and just really yeah. using that to, to benefit others. And I think... Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, that's the very, like, least that we can do. And it's so easy as well. But, but as you say, yeah. like, not feeling pressure because I think, you know, it's when you are when you grow up in that kind of lifestyle, it's a very healthy lifestyle and, and very encouraging. Yeah. And I think, you know, the competitiveness, I think it's good for... Um, you know, it bleeds into the other areas of your life, you know? So, like... Absolutely, yeah. You know, because yeah. you, you know that, like, well, okay, in school, you know, to get you know, to get to university for this degree, I know I have to get th- these results, and so I'm going to work yeah. hard because, because I'm, you know, I know that's what I have to do. So, um, yeah. and I think when you're used to um, training and competing and, and racing and, and you experience loss, I think that's, like... Um, yeah, I think that those are all good life lessons. So, absolutely, so yeah. yeah. How 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 did Kenya come about? Like, how where did that all start? Um, it's quite funny actually because um, obviously if it had never been for my dad getting me into running, I would have never gone to Kenya. But the the main reason that I went was um, my friend Dan here, who I'm I'm down in Glasgow staying with at the moment. He's recovering from hip surgery, and um, he phoned me up one day in 2011 and we were both working in a running shop at the time and he basically just said to me how do you fancy I think he was ordering a pair of shoes he was in the Edinburgh shop I was in the Aberdeen shop and after he'd ordered whatever it was um he said how do you fancy coming to Kenya for three months and I remember it well I remember um at that point kind of feeling like I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life and Mm um I just thought why not let's let's just go for this and so I got him to got down to book the flights and just so that I couldn't talk myself out of it and a couple yeah. of months later we were off to off to Kenya for three months and um I was really excited unfortunately for that whole trip I was injured um but being there and just being in that atmosphere around people training at a world-class level and pushing themselves to limits that I hadn't seen before you know these guys were training three times a day whereas I thought prior to going there that you know me training maybe five or six times a week was was hard whereas yeah you just it just totally opens your mind to how hard you can actually push yourself and so going back on that second trip I was just really determined to try and achieve what I wasn't able to on the first trip and um yeah it just 
It's changed so, my attitude, really. So did you go straight to, is it E10? Is that how you pronounce E10, it? E10, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you went straight to E10 in Kenya? Yeah, Dan and had a friend. What's the elevation there, sorry? It's 2,400 metres above sea level. 2,400 metres. So for yeah. our American listeners, I'm just going to try and yeah, find, I have no idea. It's about 6,000 feet or something? Um. That's terrible. It's either six or eight. I can't remember. It's at least <laughs> it's at least six thousand feet. I here think it's actually go. maybe eight thousand um, meters to feet. Here we go. Uh, what was the distance? Two thousand. Two thousand four hundred meters. Four hundred. So, geez, that's close to eight thousand feet. Yeah. It's a yeah. seventy-eight uh, hundred feet elevation. So Gee. that's. I mean, going from Scotland, which is basically sea level, to to Eton, yeah. which is like eight thousand feet or. 2400 meters like how how did that feel the first time you went there you, you noticed it straight away you noticed it going upstairs you noticed it um you know I, when i was on the gym bike i could feel it but on that second trip going back i really really noticed it yeah. on any up- uphill that you were on you right. just your chest kind of feels like it's closing up there's less um air in there um yeah. but it's it you kind of i didn't really learn to cope with it perfectly on that first trip but over the last yeah. you know over the, the subsequent trips after that yep. you deal with it better your body acclimatizes and acclimatizes quicker as well and then when you come back to sea level and you're racing you know at Aberdeen Beach mm-hmm. zero degrees above sea level yeah. zero <laughs> feet above sea level you're um it's just it feels like you've got a third lung it's so easy to breathe and yeah it, you know it, it shows it's one of the reasons why Kenyans are so successful not definitely not the 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 only reason maybe probably not the main reason either but yeah um <coughs> it makes such a difference definitely a contributing factor though absolutely yeah and um so when you were first over there i guess because you were injured it was a good opportunity to really just observe how they were training and recovery and all that um yeah, yeah. so w- what were like the i know you just said about the you know like the frequency of training was probably mm-hmm. The, the biggest thing initially but what other things really stood out to you i think the the, the way that they rest you know gideon kathimba who i've um who I've, i was good friends with before i went to kenya but then i've subsequently set up the charity with he when he sees me resting between training he just laughs because i'm on the computer and i'm working right when i i think that that's resting because my legs are not running you know yeah but he, he, resting for kenyans is is either sleeping or lying down doing nothing. And I think it's difficult in, you know, it's obviously it's easier for full-time athletes to do that. But right. when you, when you've got a job and you're, you're back in the UK, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough to do that, but you can, you can, what you can learn from it is that you rest at any opportunity. You know, if you don't have to be doing something, don't do it. You know, and if it's going to be having a negative impact on your, your training and racing don't do it and it's as simple as that really they, yeah. there's no there's nothing complicated to what they do what the training is very hard but I think the thing that probably stood out for me the most was just that their work ethic is way way more than anything I'd seen up to that point and obviously when you're you're in a uh, area like E10 where there's you know there's good food there's loads of runners around you you're growing up alongside world and olympic medalists mm-hmm. the, the bar is very set very high as well so there's a number right. of factors that just make it perfect for for being a successful athlete yeah 
yeah yeah that's got to be brilliant it's almost just like a breeding ground for greatness then yeah <laughs> like, yeah absolutely you know and it rubs far. off on you you know not yeah. um not the greatness but the, the 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 way that they do it you can anybody at any level can implement that into their training you know you can anybody can sleep more anybody can eat better anybody can work harder you know so yeah. it's not i don't think i guess luckily i, I wasn't um kind of overawed by it these guys that we were training with and, and still are when I'm not injured are so much quicker but you just have to look at it and see how what you can learn from it there's no point in being um you know sort of the times they've ran or, the, or how far ahead they are by the end of a run there's no point in being put off by that because everybody's right. everybody's got a different ability and they've got different strengths as well so yeah um yeah it's just just a perfect place for um for trying to improve yourself yeah, it's also I guess it like highlights the um, you know, if if you want it, I think like I watched a video as well the other day, and um, basically the the gist of the video was like you know, if you if you want something, you'll make it a priority, and you know, yeah. so it's like prioritizing your time. You know, how do you prioritize your rest? How do you prioritize your nutrition? How do you prioritize your training? And so yeah, you know, like when you if you find yourself like I think like. Um, and I've, I've, you know, I catch myself doing a lot, you know, like sitting on my phone and like, I'll maybe yeah. be on Instagram or, or Facebook or something. And all of a sudden, like 15, 20 minutes has like disappeared. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. that's time that I could have been, you know, I could have yeah. been resting or I could have done, you know, something more valuable. So it's, it's like rec yeah. recognizing that. And then, and, um, yeah, and then There's so many distractions it. for, for us, oh, yeah. you know, and, in the states and in the UK, there, there's so much going on that it mm -hmm. it is easy to get distracted. Um, yeah. The funny thing is that you know you, you <laughs> I forget who I was speaking to recently, but when when some of the Kenyans were over for our fundraising dinner, um, somebody had said, you know, one of the reasons Kenyans are successful is because they're not always on their phone, they're not posting social media. And it, <laughs> it's not like that, you know. The, the, now that uh, technology is more available to to a number of Kenyans, particularly the ones that have had success through, yeah, through running, they're on their phones a lot as well. Mm -hmm. But I think it's just, it's they don't let that get in the way they're training. You know, that's maybe what they're doing in their in their spare time. But you won't see, you know, I know I'm guilty of if I'm in the office and I'm replying to emails and I think, oh, I can get a couple more, um, you know, ten minutes more of work done. Yeah. And I suddenly look at the clock and I think. Oh, it's getting tight for training now. I might just manage a thirty-five minute run instead of a forty-five, and that's yeah. just stupid. You know, yeah. you're 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 putting yourself under unnecessary stress. Exactly. That, yeah. That, so it's like that's just something Kenyans don't do. Right. So they've just they've just grown up with this different this different like work ethic when it comes to their training. You know, they've as I say like they're just yeah. prioritizing it, and like they don't exactly they don't let yeah. their their value of that disappear just because these distractions are available to no. them. So yeah. Absolutely. Definitely something for probably the majority of us to practice, I would think. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, time is a funny thing because you, you, you waste so much of it, you know, particularly mm -hmm. with phones and social media. But um, I think from my point of view, since I've been injured, you know, I used to, I mean, I've spent probably the last year and a half on a gym bike most days. And I, I hate the gym bike, but you, you kind of prior to the injury I would if I was on a gym bike or even in a hard running session I would be kind of wishing time away mm. whereas now that you 
you've you've had that taken away from you and you're you're trying to get back to doing it i actually just appreciate that i'm able to be on a bike and i'm not looking yeah. at the clock thinking oh i've got five minutes to go i wish it was two i'm actually looking yeah. at it thinking i want more of this you know yeah and so it, but negative things can be uh, you know have a positive impact on absolutely. you as well yeah absolutely i think like especially with mountain biking and action sports and there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of like fairly significant crashes and accidents people get mm. into and, yeah, yeah. and that's one thing that i do you know you see a lot of um you see a lot of the those athletes like recover and come back to it and like they're almost just like a new person because they have this like fresh new perspective on yeah yeah on their training on their their appreciation for what they're actually able to do like it's not like um not that it like was maybe necessarily um taken for granted before maybe they just didn't like recognize how how um yeah I hate using the word blessed. <laughs> um, no, no, lucky. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, yeah, like lucky. How lucky you are to 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 be able to to ride a bike or or run or, or go to Kenya and run. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just you just crack on with it, don't you? If you're able yeah. to do it, you just you do. You don't really stop to reflect on what you're doing. But exactly. Um, sometimes a, a period of time out with an injury or illness can can let you do that, and and yeah. and you come back s- smarter and therefore stronger and healthier hopefully as well yeah so I wanted to talk to you a wee bit as well about the um Gathimba Edwards charity um because yep. I know I know we're running a, I don't know what that is I know we're running a wee bit tight on time so I don't want right. I don't want to eat into too much of your training <laughs> now that we just chatted about that but um so you and Gathimba I was gonna say Gathimba Edwards. <laughs> Are you um yeah, you Gideon. both Gideon, <laughs> yeah. sorry. You and Gideon cool. set up this charity, the Gathimba yeah. Edwards Foundation. Yeah. And so how tell us a wee bit about that. How long has that been going on for? Um so we we the, the we established the foundation in the middle of twenty fourteen. So okay. we're coming up to so well, just over two and a half years since we started. Um, Jeez. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's not something that we've both always been passionate about helping people. Um, yeah. But it was not something that either of us planned on doing until the first visit that we made to the Pavilion Village Children's Home in, in Caratina near where Gideon stays. Mm-hmm. And it was just really, it was, it was impossible to walk away from that and, and not, want to try and do something to help because they were in such a bad way with the kids out of school and mm-hmm. the the home being short on food and the, the the bedrooms were in a terrible condition and there was so just a pavilion a village yeah. was this a was this a place like there was just basically a children's home then or yeah yeah okay. so there was 22 children in the home at that point most of them had lost their parents sadly through hiv um others were parents were still alive had either been a some of them abused, um, neglected, and so they were, they were in a place now which was clearly, um, from what we could see in that first visit, and is, is still definitely the case, just a loving, safe place for them. Yeah. Um, and they were happy, you know, they weren't complaining about anything, and yeah. to me that was the thing that inspired me most. Gideon was already supporting them with with food of his own, but that day was just seeing them, seeing how proud and happy they were in surroundings that I thought were tough um 
was was really inspiring, and and that that's why we left the home that day and wanted to to do what we could and start to raise money for them. Excellent. So so what um so I know now you've done you've done various uh you know fundraising events and um yeah like so you have the the bracelets that people can still buy as well. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of ways that people have been getting involved, and yeah. you know, from that visit, we just we were fundraising for um, six months or so, and and then you know officially formed the Gethin Edwards Foundation, mm-hmm. um, and we're able to you know the homes. I'm, I'm delighted to say in a great place now with with a new building and new beds and new children in the home. There's 31 kids at the home now, and wow. and we've been able to just thanks to people supporting us in so many ways, like the bracelets, like the fundraising yeah. dinner coming on the trips to Kenya um and that's really how I was gonna say like you say a new building but that was you know you guys that went out and did that right yeah I mean it was 51 volunteers came out with us in October 2015 and you know of those there was probably around 30 people who had no prior building experience and it's just really inspiring to see what people can do you know so many people um that are asking questions about the trips say oh I'm not really able to I'm not skilled at all in DIY and then you show them what those people were able to do and you know my little little cousin Rachel uh, who was nine and her sisters Abby and Erin were there and everybody played their part everybody worked hard and, and yeah you know made a big difference to the what we were able to achieve there and you know thanks to their efforts on that trip there's um 20 over 20 kids have got safe roofs over their heads so it's That's crazy it's really so really inspiring cool, yeah. yeah and so um do you plan because i know you've got another visit planned out this october yeah so the, uh, this coming october we're going to be building um houses for two families it's actually four houses in total because okay. part of kenyan culture is that when boys start to get older they ideally stay in a, a separate living space from their their mom and their their little sisters so okay um we're going to be building four houses in october and then from in the years after that the plan is to every second year have the house building trip in october and then okay. alternate years have it in summer so ah. um just just to make it available to to people who perhaps can't make it in october and right. also to keep my mom happy as well because i've missed her birthday for the last few years oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see we'll we'll test it in a summer trip next yeah. next year and yeah um, yeah no but it's uh it's 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 amazing i think it just shows you when you're you know, we went from trying to fundraise on that first visit for 22 mattresses and, and, you know, we've now moved on to building houses. When you do actually just step back for a second and think, this is this is cool what so many people have helped us achieve and it, it really wouldn't be possible without it, people donating, people giving their time and, and you know, using using their family holidays to come over to Kenya to build houses for people that they've never met before right uh, it's just so inspiring for us and it, it makes us want to do more as well it's so incredible and as you said like to just you've only been really doing it like you know a couple of years and to have, have achieved so much in such a short space of time is just incredible it's crazy yeah <laughs> and um so you also have like a sponsorship program for some of the children is that yeah right? that's right yeah so we've got we support 243 children in total wow. but there's around 85 of them are sponsored each month um okay. so we were able to support the rest just through fundraising initiatives but the you know the the sponsorship each month is huge for us because it it gives 
gives us a clear picture of exactly what we're going to be able to do for the kids throughout yeah. their education through primary secondary and um yeah it's just great and it's 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 been brilliant to see some of the relationships that people have been able to build up with the, the, yeah. the children they support so some yeah. have some have gone out and met them in Kenya subsequently come home raised money built a house for them gone back and visited them in their new house and right. it's just it's really cool to see what can be achieved just through um connecting yeah. two people from totally different worlds right and it's not it's not like um you know the sponsorship is not a break in the bank type of sponsorship at all like the breakdown of costs is very is you know is is yeah it's pretty it's it's startling really when we think about like you know what we probably pay over here in in the states and what we pay back home for for education and stuff but um, yeah. what what's the spot like the sponsorship per month? So it's you can convert this into dollars. I apologise in advance, but the <laughs> it's yeah thirty five pounds a month basically pays the education, the clothing, and the shelter of a child. Um, we we did used to do food deliveries, but we we've stopped that. And other than in um, desperate situations, just you know for a couple of weeks, those families get back on their feet. But right. more and more now, we're at, with the sponsorship, we're able to use that to invest in businesses for the families so that they can support themselves and and um yeah you know initially with food but longer term hopefully with with school fees as well yeah like just so you're trying to like implement more sustainable practices at the same time it's important yeah you know i when we first started getting involved in the fundraising we didn't i didn't know anything about sustainability but Mm -hmm. it makes sense you know it doesn't doesn't make sense for people to be overly reliant on us because if the funding stops for whatever reason which i hope it doesn't yeah um families not only need to be supporting themselves but they want that most of the families want to and it's yeah. it's given them that independence um as well as is, is really important so yeah no it's uh it's been nice to see just how how some of them have taken that in their stride and have started you know farming businesses or grocery stores Excellent. and it's it's yeah it's really nice yeah and um if people want to donate like how can they how can they find the githin bedwards foundation yeah so our website's uh org, and there's a link on there that you can click on to donate and the so that's through total giving which is a fundraising site similar to just giving okay um and that that's really the easiest way and, and where possible um we always try to show people exactly where that money goes so if people do want to for example, specifically donate enough money to get a bunk bed for a family or right. to pay the school fees for a child for a year if if they just pop in a comment or a or send us an email with, you know, where they would like their money to go, then we're always able to, to show them just, you know, which family that it's, yeah. it's had the impact on. Excellent. I think that's like sometimes <coughs> the scary thing about some charities nowadays is they're you know, you're you're donating money, and then you're really not sure where that money's going. Whereas with the with your foundation, you see exactly where the money's going, and it's and it's really going to to excellent use. Well, it's important. I think if you know when we when we first started, it, it was so clear from that first fundraising initiative we did that when we raised the money for the mattresses, immediately when the money was transferred over to Kenya, and we were able to buy the mattresses straight away, I put a picture on of the mattresses being delivered, and, and yeah. so many people at that time said. You know, they were. I was quite surprised by it, but they were saying, "This is amazing." You know, we we can see where it's going. Yeah. To me, I thought, well, obviously, you know, yeah. we, we were always going to show you where it was going, and and that's yeah. something we've tried to replicate over and over with whatever it is people are donating, just to show them 
that it is going to the right place. And um, I think sometimes when um, charities become so big, it it's it's difficult for them to show right every you know every supporter where it's Absolutely, going. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We're at a size where it's it's possible for us to to do that um, a lot and. I think it's important. I don't see the need for us to ever grow huge. You know, we're with the the team that we've got and um, the supporters we have. You know, we're able to support a, a large number of children, and hopefully, we can increase that. But I don't see why, as the children, the number of children that we support increase, I don't see why that means that we need to have you know offices, cars, and it's just right. not it's not the sort of thing that me and Gideon want to yeah. to build. So yeah. you know, we we can we can. If we yeah, the the aim is just to keep doing what we're doing, and um, hopefully we can make a difference to as many kids as possible that way. Yeah, excellent. Um, and so you're, I know you're injured at the moment, but where, uh, where are you in your recovery for for that? And are you have any um, running goals or? Yeah, my goal is just to get back running. To be honest, I just I just want to run pain free. Mm-hmm. Um, I had knee surgery eighteen months ago, and um. No, sorry, six months ago, but I've been out injured for the past eighteen months, and uh, it's 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 probably right now the best it's been since the surgery. I'm on a, a new rehab plan, and mm-hmm. um, was over in Ireland last week getting getting some treatment from Gerard Hartman over there, and it was painful but beneficial. And it, I think it's it's difficult to know until I go back yeah. and start running again, which hopefully will be in about four weeks' time, and see if okay. the pain's there or not. But there's a proper plan in place there to build up the muscle again in my leg, which has just yeah. vanished after the surgery. Oh, so, geez. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I just, you can probably tell, I'm just reluctant to actually say, yeah, I'm going to be back running yeah. in four weeks because I've had <laughs> yeah. this so many times in the last right. few months and, and yeah. just been um, kind of knocked back. So we'll see. I'm, yeah. I'm hopeful and excited. <laughs> so you're heading back out to Kenya then soon? Yeah, just in a couple of weeks' time. Um, Excellent. We've got some people coming out to to climb Mount Kenya with us and run a race alongside Kenyans as well and visit some of the families. So I'll be out there with them and then I'll spend a bit longer over there as well, just training and uh, spending time with Mary and my girlfriend as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. And um, I really I really can't take too much of your time now. So I'll, pro- no, I'll, no. Just, I'll say goodbye. And, it's and, a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for... Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to to no, chat with me you. today. There's, I feel like we could probably talk for for hours and hours and really get into like all the nitty gritty of all the training and and everything else. But um, but yeah. I think this is this we is do good that for time. yeah. We can do that another time. <laughs> well, thank you so much and um, thank you and good luck with uh, your rehab too. Cheers! Thanks very much. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. As I said before, uh, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or Tuned In and feel free to leave a review and and any comments you might have. Um, That's it for me for this week. I'll see you all soon, but until then, stay dirty, my friends.